This is Volusia Today, a public information radio program brought to you by the County of Volusia. Here is your host, Kevin Captain. Good morning and welcome to Volusia Today. I'm Kevin Captain, and I'm joined by my co-host Clayton Jackson. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Volusia Today is made possible by our sponsors, the Daytona Beach International Airport, the Ocean Center, Volusia Recycles, and Votran Public Transportation. Good morning, Clayton. Good morning, Kevin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, uh, we've got two good guests in the uh, studio today. We've got Jessica Fentress. Uh, she's become very popular around uh, Volusia County and very knowledgeable. She's our coastal director, and we've got Ben Bartlett, he's our public works director, and uh, today they're going to talk to us a little bit about what's going on on our coast. Uh, it sounds very interesting, and I cannot wait to get into it. Well, let's get right into it then, Clayton. So we just came off the tail end of uh, some inclement weather over the last week, and uh, Jessica, was that what we would define as a nor'easter, or tell us about it, and what are the conditions like after that storm? Yeah, it, it was a classic nor'easter. You get a couple of days of intense surf, wind blowing. You know, I stood there on the beach, and I felt like I was on a boat going full throttle. We were getting 30-mile-per-hour wind sustained. Um, we, we took damaging waves. The tide was up at the seawalls. The tide was past uh, our temporary protection measures. Um, Luckily, we didn't sustain any major structural damage to our buildings. Good. Uh, the temporary measures, you know, acted as a first line of defense, and and we're we're happy to see that that we kind of survived this very well. This is typically a storm we get in February or March, so we have been very lucky this off season. And a late Easter nor'easter is kind of rare. I was just going to say, you know, it is, we are fortunate because we talked about nor'easters, you know, months ago, and we were concerned about them coming up, but. Uh, it is April, and uh, so we've got that. But we also just came off a full moon last week as well, too. Did that influence the tide and the what, what you mentioned before, I think, run-up? Yeah, so when you have a full moon, you have a lunar high tide, and so you typically have a higher-than-normal high tide. Uh, we were on the back end of the full moon, so we weren't at the peak lunar high tide, but we still we, we weren't at a low tide cycle, let's just put it that way. Now, do, are we expecting more this inclement weather? Any other upcoming storms that we should be aware of? Yeah, what does your crystal globe say? Well, <laughs> you know, long-range forecast, as any surfer or waterman knows, is always subject to question. But there, there is something out there we're monitoring in the next two weeks. We're hopeful it goes away. Uh, we're also monitoring the seaweeds. We started bringing some seaweed in. This past couple of days, uh, you know, I've after the snorester, yeah. which, you know, everybody who lives in Volusia, we love the seaweed. It helps you fix your beaches. So we are very happy to see the seaweed come ashore. That, that's that sargassum seaweed yep. that's coming and They've been talking about, you know, tons and tons of it. They really don't know where it's going to go. But if it does come here, we've talked about that, that kind of, you said accretion. Is that like, the, that's like the magnetic properties that it has to attract sand? Well, accretion is just the growing of your okay. beach, so collecting of sand. But if you think about it, it stops sand immediately. And if a storm event comes through, it kind of acts as a Band-Aid on a wound. Uh, it helps retain the soil that is under it so you don't lose more. We've been in contact with DEM, the Florida Division of Emergency Management, as well as the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. And I know they are working very closely with the governor's office to allow us to capitalize on any large volumes of sargassum that may make their way to our shore. Good deal. Right. And you just mentioned this a minute ago about the protective measures put in play and how they did help. Tell us a little bit about the trap bags. We've heard a lot about those lately, and 
just like how do they hold up the over the weekend's events so our trap bags we we started installing a couple weeks ago and we focused primarily on county property so that we could you know get good at it before we started moving to private property owners and our permit allows us to have two trap bags placed horizontally next to each other and this is not meant as a hurricane protection device this is not meant as a permanent solution it is purely just a temporary level of protection to keep you through the summer tide events. Uh, we still encourage every property owner to get their permanent protection permitted and constructed uh, as fast as possible. But they held up well. They, you know, we had a couple at Frank Rendon that kind of fell over, but they're still working. That's the thing everybody needs to understand is it may not be standing up perfect, but it's still doing its job, retaining the soil beneath it, and it's also still breaking the waves. So it, it's, it's a buffer. It's not going to be your permanent level of protection and one one reason we went with the trap back system versus just putting a sand berm down in front of these properties as protection is exactly what happened this last week uh if you just put loose sand down in front of people's property there's a decent it's chance gone. that that sand is gone it's gone yeah so the trap bags provide a way for that sand to be retained that we're you know, using uh, the funds from the from the, the governor provided to to provide that protection, loose sand most likely a large portion of it would have been washed away in an event like this. However, uh, with it being contained in the trap bags, you get that protection, but it's still there after the waves mm -hmm. recede. And we talked about the sand uh, being required to be beach compatible, and I've seen figures anywhere from I think you said. It could be millions of dollars of sand in just what a mile or two. I mean, so Correct. that's expense that you're. Yeah, I mean, one of the more valuable resources there is today, given the damage to the coastline, is beach compatible sand, and we've been uh, fortunate through the hard work of Jessica and and, and our staff to secure uh, sand for free from the Florida Inland Navigation District. We still have to truck it, but it is still there's still a cost there that it takes to get that sand to the beach and it is a valuable resource and to lose it in a storm like this would be tough which is what the benefits of the trap bags offer there there's another benefit that we haven't talked about much lately and this was realized this past easter morning uh we started in daytona on private property we are removing debris so derelict seawalls broken concrete whatever's on the beach as long as it's not structurally holding the buildings up we remove the debris and then we place the trap bags in place we had a nesting Kemp's Ridley on Sunday morning, oh, Easter I morning heard about at that. sunrise. That's one of those rare turtles. Rare so. turtles usually nest during the day. We were very fortunate that our turtle surveyors actually had the opportunity to witness her laying her nest. What she did was she came on shore, she bumped into our trap bags a couple of times, and then decided to nest uh, below the high tide line. The turtle surveyor was fortunate enough to be able to relocate that nest to a more viable location where the high tide line does not reach as high on the beach in Orman. But if you look at the alternative, if we had not done that, then you would have had derelict seawalls, you would have had concrete and rubble. Right. She could have injured herself or entrapped herself. Uh, or, you know, the worst case possibility, she could have had a dune collapse on top of her while mm. she was excavating for her clutch to be laid. So we consider this a massive success story. We, we thought it would work this way. Um, to see it actually happen and provide, you know, an environmental benefit as well is, is really, you know, encouraging. Well, incredible. I, that is amazing to hear that how is cool. people in wildlife can coexist in these times that, that we're going through. So, again, going back to the storm we just had, 
The county and our partners have made tremendous strides in um, our assets, building our assets back up from the hurricanes, Ian and Nicole. So did we experience any type of, um, not destruction, but damage to any of our coastal assets we had over the weekend? We did. Uh, thankfully, it was minimal. We are going to be able to get that, those assets back open probably within the next couple of days, oh, if wow. not next week at the latest. It was minimal damage. We lost a couple of steps on the bottom, just wave knocking knocking our assets around. Nothing significant, no more major collapses. Some temporary measures we had in place at the El Portal Beach Ramp and the Amelia Beach Ramp in Daytona Beach Shores, we put in sand fill, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Sand fill does not sustain during a tide event. We knew it was sacrificial. So once the tide lays down and we get some back into a dry weather forecast we're going to make some temporary repairs to the ramps again and get them back open to the public that's great and i will say you know when it comes to rebuilding our coastal assets our ramps and our walkovers you know coastal division is one one of seven divisions of public works but we've engaged road and bridge trades workers and crews as well as other crews throughout the uh department to get out and they've been going full force working to provide uh, access uh, where walkovers were damaged we're constructing in-house you know stairs to get folks down to the beach and we're re, you know road and bridge uh, road crews are out there repairing ramps so it's been all all hands on deck to try to get those assets available for folks because we know how important that act that beach access is as we get into the summer months you know ben it's the truth i mean uh, i know jessica said before that every person's walkover that they use is, is something personal to them and and I can attest, you, you know, your teams are out there and uh, our walkover, I live not too far from the water and it's, uh, it's great. We got to walk over and uh, it, it's not what it looked like before, but hey, it's access. Get you to the and beach. Yes, and, it, and it's great. So we're talking with Jessica Fentress. She's our coastal director for Volusia County and Ben Bartlett, the public works director. We'll take a quick break and come back and continue talking about some coastal updates. Stay with us. Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. And hit the bell icon to know what's happening in your hometown. There are so many great places to explore. And things to learn. With over 1,000 videos available right now, the channel offers something for everyone. Let's go! Did you know we have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation? Subscribe! and hit the bell icon. Or that we live stream important county meetings and workshops where leaders make decisions that can impact our everyday lives. Did you subscribe yet? Or that we record our weekly radio show, Volusia Today, where we interview staff from the different divisions and departments across our great county, and they discuss the nitty gritty of their field and expertise. Go ahead, subscribe. But that's not it, there's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. We're back. I'm Clayton Jackson along with Kevin Captain, and you're listening to Volusia Today, a public information program brought to you by the County of Volusia. So, I want to circle back to the trap bags we were just talking about a minute ago. I am A, very glad that they were able to withstand the storm that happened over the weekend. So, now that they are still there, how long are the trap bags going to remain in place? Well, you know, part of installing these trap bags is the county had to get a uh, basically an area-wide permit from the DEP to, to install them along the entirety of the coast. Uh, the conditions of that permit require those trap bags to be removed by March of 2025 at the latest. They also require once a uh, property owner uh, 
constructs their permanent seawall that they be removed as well. The advantage to this system is they're filled with beach compatible sand. They would be behind the location where these folks would construct their permanent armament and they can basically cut the trap bags, pull the, the bag itself out, and then they've left with good beach compatible sand that they can use for backfill behind their seawall. So it's really, uh, the sand itself technically never has to go away. They can use it for backfill. The bags mm -hmm. at some point have to be removed because they are considered temporary. But it's a containment device is really, you know, Correct. what you mentioned. And the other thing I heard you say, Ben, in the start was, you know, an area-wide permit that the county had to get from the DEP. I don't think everybody realizes the fact that the county has to get the same permits that any property owner, condo owner, anything like that. And that's a lengthy process as well, too, correct? It is, it is correct. That's why we haven't repaired some of our larger vehicle ramps and parks. We have to go through the exact same permit process. We have to get structural engineers. We have to, we have a longer process because we have to go through a procurement process on top of Good the point. permitting process. Good point. We are making repairs to the Dahlia Park yesterday, today, through the weekend and next week. We hope to have Dahlia open back up. Uh, in the next couple of months, um, but we we are we are going through the same laborious process that our our residents are going through. Just takes time. Yep. And for private residents who live on the coast and they want to, you know, reconstruct or you know, repair what have you, how should they go about the process of obtaining a permit for them to be allowed to do so? So, if you are looking for your permanent repairs, you need to engage a professional engineer. Uh, and I would again encourage you to interview your engineers, make sure they have the capacity to put an application in for you. Basically workload. You don't want to get an engineer that has 100 properties and he's behind the ball in all of them. Uh, you want to get an engineer that is knowledgeable on the Coastal Construction Control Line permitting program. And if, if you're kind of late to the game, you may need to go outside of Volusia County. You may want to start hitting some of the engineers along the east coast of Florida who do have experience in CCCL permitting with the state, but they just may not be local. They may have a better capacity to perform your project for you. You know, when we talked about things taking time and the permitting process is just one thing, but we also know that there's only a, a certain limited number of uh, engineers and, and architects and whatnot that are skilled in CCCL, uh, that type of work. Plus, are there also supply chain issues and other maybe inflationary pressures that are compounding the time it's going to take for a, a complete repair on the coast? Yes, there, there's a couple. So once you get your permit, you are looking at a large capital purchase to buy your materials somewhere. I've heard quotes from some property owners, condos on the shores that are looking at three to four hundred thousand dollars in just materials alone. Wow. It takes time to procure that. They, if you decide to buy it now in hopes that you can get to construction uh, soon, you may have to find a place to store it. So you have to have your contractor available as well. See if they have the option to store it on site on their site. Um, I know, and I recently heard yesterday that one of our condos is experiencing time delays with their SBA loans. I just found out that the SBA loans are time limited, kind of like how you know a pre-mortgage approval sure. is time limited, but it's dependent upon receiving the FDEP permit. So I would work very closely with your consultants, your contractors, and you know, uh, 
if you are in a situation where you are coming up on a time crunch for an SBA loan, where maybe you're getting a million dollars for a condominium, you need to reach out to your consultant and you need to reach out to have your consultant reach out to DEP and let them know that you are on a very strict time frame with regards to possibly putting your funding at risk. And I think you got to remember, you know, we have sustained significant damage here in Volusia County, but other parts of the state, specifically Southwest Florida, sustained significant damage as well. Yes. So, you know, that puts a strain on all the resources from contractors to materials to, to any kind of construction, not just coastal construction. So you're seeing those inflationary pressures, those uh, supply chain issues, you know, hit everybody. It's a good point, Ben, and, and uh, the whole state had damage from Nicole and Ian, and now look at what we're seeing in Fort Lauderdale with flooding. And I mean, it, all these things are compounding. And, and uh, ha, let me ask you, is have we ever really been through anything like this before with this much damage to the coast? I mean, Hurricane Matthew was pretty pretty significant, but I don't think it rose to this level, obviously, in Volusia County. Um, uh, we had the 04 storms, which, you know, caused some damage. Uh, Specifically, I think New Smyrna Beach was damaged pretty significantly in the 04 storms. Uh, you want So I've talked to a lot of longtime residents and, and just the number of people that I've talked to. And I heard a stat from a, a gentleman. He was in his late 80s, early 90s. And he told me that this was the worst storm he's seen since about or he is aware of since about 1940s. In 1940s, we had significant structural failure on our coastline. Uh, I believe that's where a lot of these old coquina seawalls that we see and the um, coconut palm tree pile structures that are now getting unearthed in our beaches. I think that's when those were installed was after the 1940s hurricane. And that's how much sand got swept away that we're now able to see that just like that that architectural finding in the shores as well, too. Yes. Yeah. So we're learning through this whole process as our property owners, condo owners and and I think, you know, maybe in, in a future show, we can talk more about resiliency and, and how we need to, you know, be more resilient for these types of storms, because they're probably not going to get any smaller. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just go back when we talk about these SB, uh, excuse me, the SBA loans. Just want to remind our listeners and viewers that the Business Recovery Center and FEMA's Disaster Recovery Center did permanently close on March 31st. However, however, if you had submitted an application prior to the deadline or you'd like to appeal a denial decision from the SBA or FEMA, that options are still available. Just because they have left town does not mean that you cannot still work with those representatives. If you go to volusia.org forward slash pin, we have the contact information for both of those organizations and information about how you may um, appeal a decision and follow up with the FEMA mobile app, the email. Um, the website so we just want to remind our listeners out there to just because they have left town does not mean that the assistance is still it's still obtainable and achievable as long as you did apply before the deadline that's a good point uh, Clayton because no, knowing now that we're discussing things take time um, you know they can still go online volusia.org forward slash beach cleanup or forward slash beach recovery we can get information and people can also sign up for a bi-weekly newsletter that we're push, pushing out on coastal updates and you can just visit again volusia.org forward slash uh, beach recovery and i think you're saving youtube videos there as well so you can catch up on 
Yes, Jessica, thank you. Did you subscribe? I did. uh, What she's talking about is County of Volusia uh, YouTube and County of Volusia Facebook and Instagram. Those are also great sources, too, that we're pushing information And you moved out to podcasts also? Is that what I heard? We've got all the the Volusia Today uh, being moved to podcasts, so on your favorite platform, absolutely. I'm sure you're going to go home and listen to this show, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just go back to uh, trap bags. So we are working with... FDEM in the placement of the trap bags. You've already started. The storm set us back a little bit. What would you say time-wise it'll take to at least get phase one, I guess I'm calling it phase one, to get the trap bags all done on our county coast? So that is, we have a lot of properties that need trap bags or would qualify for trap bags. And our hope is that as the permits are being released from FDEP, a lot of the folks who signed up for trap bags don't need them anymore we are working very closely with fdem the division of emergency management at the state level they were the ones that manage the tiger dams they personally are replacing all the tiger dams with trap bags i know that it is their goal to be out of our county by the end of the month so um, we are ramping up we currently have two crews that are operating along our coastline we will have a third crew start on monday in new smyrna beach uh, we we kind of have to train a crew before we release them to work independently, so it's a slow ramp up. But we are we are hoping to get at least five county crews running simultaneously. And it's important to note that you know we cannot install these trap bags until we receive a right of entry easement from those property owners to go on and do this work. So we're work our public works staff is working you know out there with our cities. And, and trying to contact these folks and get these easement signed so we can get those trap bags. Installed. And just to reiterate on that, Ben, we've had a couple of different open houses and, and certainly lots of uh, news releases and correspondence to any property owner on the coast if they have not entered into an easement agreement to do so. And we've got another opportunity coming up as well. Yeah, this Monday, actually, yeah. um, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., public work staff will be at the Beach Safety Headquarters in Daytona Beach. So any resident who was on a coast and they are interested in receiving county assistance that they would need to like been saying to execute an easement with the county but they could go this monday from nine to four and our staff can work with them help them execute those agreements just want to let them know that also complimentary notary services will also be available um, for them and um, again anytime outside of that please feel free to contact our public works department i think shannon Minchu, yep. she is the lead person um, taking care of the easements and it's important to note that if you even if you don't need trap bags if you have them uh temporary measures in place or your seawalls in place we'd still urge you to sign the easement sure because the county with the the 37 million dollars in funding that we receive from the state will be looking at some point to place sand on the beach in form of uh, some kind of dune nourishment or something like that and we need easements for that as well and so just to tack on to that clayton the beach safety headquarters is where that's event's going to be monday and it's 515 south atlantic avenue it's the big yellow building so we'll take our, our last break and come back and uh, close up today's coastal edition. Stay with us. Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. Let's go. There are so many great places to explore and things to learn. We have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation. Subscribe and hit the bell icon. Go ahead. Subscribe. But that's not it. There's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. 
Welcome back to Volusia Today. I'm Clayton Jackson of Kevin Kapnan. All right, so to close out here, um, you know, going over the what's going on around the coastal properties, some of the coastal property owners, you know, they did have, excuse me, they have debris still on their property, and maybe that they've been using that debris as kind of a protective barrier. So now we're coming up on May 1st, which is the official start of turtle season. What would be your message for those property owners? Well, I mean, you know, we're urging all the coastal property owners to get that debris removed um, unless it's directly along the uh, escarpment protecting. But to get that debris removed um, prior to May 1st turtle nesting season because it can be a hazard for the turtle habitat. Uh, Part of our permit for the trap bags requires us to remove debris in locations where we're replacing trap bags. We're doing that now as part of that, and as part of the easements that those folks are signing, it allows us to do it. Debris removal, we're, we're good at it on roads. This is uh, a little bit different, obviously, on the beach, but uh, it's very important that that debris gets removed prior to the nesting season. We're urging all our residents to do what they can to get it done. And like you said, Ben, you can't go on to those properties or in front of those properties if that property owner did not sign an easement. Yes, that's correct. So very important part to get if we're at any of those residents or, or condos that are left that haven't signed into it. Yep. And I, I just want to clarify, the easements are time limited. I know there's a lot of hesitation on signing an easement. You think, away well, you're giving your rights forever. It's not. It expires after five years. So it, it's just enough time to get us through the initial response that we're in right now. And then if a sand placement opportunity presents itself in the next five years, and we hope there will be multiple, uh, it, it gets you ahead of the game. Yeah, then it, you've got the easement and placement, and you can. And they're place very sand. specific to what we're doing. It doesn't give us the right to go on and do anything on your property. It's very specific to removing debris, placing tra- trap bags, and placing sand. So it doesn't give us the ability to do anything else. So we've only got a minute left. Uh, just maybe a closeout today's show. We're at, we're going through some you know something we've really we talked about not really seen. Um, how long do you think before we're back to normal? Uh, what's <laughs> it, COVID, we're at a new normal. We are. Um, I would ask for the public's patience. We still have 52 walkovers that are closed. We are aware of every single walkover that is closed. If we can do temporary repairs, we are going to do them. We're setting ourselves up to put some poles in place now so that when turtle nesting season comes, we can continue opening your walkovers. So just be patient with us, yeah, please. Yeah, and, and we have to work through the FEMA process on a lot of these reimbursements. There's $30 million in damage. FEMA will reimburse 75%. The state kicks in 12 and a half. So it's a difference of being on the hook for $30 million or $3 million, uh, to the local taxpayers. So we got to work through that FEMA process to get reimbursed and get these assets back up. And, and when you put it that way, Ben, uh, we can all be patient for that yes. for certain. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for being on the show today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Volusia Today. Take care, stay safe, and help your neighbors. Have a great today. If you have a comment about Volusia today, or if there is a topic you would like to hear featured, please contact Volusia County Community Information at 1-866-345-0345.